0: I do want to welcome those joining us online today. And and as we were wrapping up in song this morning, um, one of our our young men shared just that value of going to the Lord in praise and letting Him tear down walls that are there. So I just encourage you as we keep moving and what God has for you as the church, your Connection Point Church. And I just encourage you, enter into a time of praise. Uh, Praise the Lord in the car. Praise Him in your morning times. Uh, Allow him to move those mountains. Allow him to tear down those walls that that you might have in your life for you to experience the life he has for you. If I could just encourage you with that today. Uh, Something I'd like to, uh, before we head back into Luke this morning, I want to draw your attention to, we've got some Connect Group catalogs in your seat backs. Feel free to take that home with you. They're not meant to be left here. And basically we're heading out into the summer and the value of helping people find a place of belonging is important to us. And so Connect Groups is a great place to start. And so I just encourage you to take that home, uh, take a look at ways that you could get better connected with people at Connection Point. We come together on a Sunday morning, but we also know it's nicer to get into smaller groups to really get to know other people. So I encourage you to find a a way to get involved with others. You know, church is meant to be community, and so Connect Groups help with that. Uh, There's a space for you to uh, be a part of a motorcycle riding group basketball, running, Bible studies, all kinds of things there. Classes for your kids as well, connect groups for your kids, discipleship. We want to continue to pour into them. So take that home with you. Uh, Sign up starts today. You can do that online at connectionpointchurch.org. You can do it at the Main Street Theater. You can also always fill that out in your connect groups or your connect cards that we do weekly. So just begin to look that over and find ways to get connected here at Connection Point. And uh, on a day that we honor graduates, I felt like it was uh, worthwhile for me to let you know We're all still in school. And all God's people said, Wow, I can't believe you said amen. I was waiting for some booze or something. (laughs) Good for you guys. I was at a pastor's conference and we were talking about, you know, Christian sayings and expressions. You know, because I value, I want to see unchurched people in this place and, you know, stuff like that. Like, all God's people said, you know, those people are asking like, what do God's people say? You know, boiler up. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, you guys said amen. Well, good for you. Well, that's great. I'm going to keep <laughs> recommending books uh, since you realize you're still in school. I gave out a book to our graduates to basically say you thought you were done, but you can keep reading. <laughs> we're all still in school. As long as we are here, uh, we continue the journey with Jesus The Holy Spirit is still leading, guiding, directing, and teaching us things. And praise God for that. And so the message today is really one of helping us understand that we're on this journey with Jesus, and and our role in that is to stay on that journey, to stay in school. And I'm going to encourage you to do that today. And and one of the most encouraging things I can share with you is as you read Luke chapter 9, if you've ever felt like, I don't know how God can use me. Well, your homework assignment this week is, read Luke chapter 9, Once a day, and you'll realize if God can use those guys, the disciples, he can surely use me. That'll be the conclusion we come to today. God's heart is to use all of you. I mean, and of course, we know the end of the story. We've got the advantage of seeing not just Luke, but Acts, and God uses these guys mightily. They change the world. We're fruit of their changed lives. I don't know if you think about that. So if God can use them, he can use you. In fact, his desire is to do it. God's heart is to use you incredibly in the kingdom of God. And so uh, what we're going to continue with today as we look at Luke is we're going to land on that conclusion. So here's my math equation for you. I haven't given you one. I felt like I should. Here's a great math equation. Poor students plus a great teacher equals extraordinary long-term results. May that encourage you today. So if you feel like I'm not a good student, no problem. You've got a great teacher. His name's Jesus. And as long as you stay in school, he's going to lead you to extraordinary long-term results. So our job this morning is stay on the journey. Be faithful And keep our trust in God. And he's sure to lead us into the extraordinary as long as we stay on that journey. So if you have your Bibles with you. you Hey, I hope you do. We're going to be in Luke chapter 9 this morning. And as we continue in Luke chapter 9, we're going to find some incredible truth. So I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word today. And we're going to be in verse 37 to start out with. So Luke chapter 9, picking up where we left off from last week. In verse 37. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain... A great crowd met him. And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. And behold, the spirit seizes him. And he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and and shatters him and will hardly leave him. And I beg your disciples to cast it out. But they could not. Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And all were astonished at the majesty of God. But while they were marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was concealed from them so that they might not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him anything about this saying. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, whoever receives this child in my name, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. John answered, master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him for the one who is not against you is for you. So the very words of God may be seated this morning. If you were here for last week in the verses that preceded these, we see that Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up into the mountain. The glory of Jesus is revealed, and they now are headed back down the mountain. But before they head down, as they're up on that mountain, a cloud comes in, and God the Father speaks over Jesus. He tells the disciples, this is my son. This is my chosen one. Listen to him. And so now the disciples, they basically have been given instructions by God, listen to this teacher, they go down on the mountain and now they're about to step into the school of Jesus and they're gonna learn some lessons there. And the first lesson that we find for the disciples is that as we journey with Jesus, we have to be full of God. As we journey with Jesus, it's vital that we're full of God. Jesus at the beginning of Luke chapter nine, he sends the disciples out And he gives them his power. And so, you know, we could ask the question, well, why was Jesus seeming almost a little bit frustrated with the fact that the disciples couldn't cast him out? But here's what we find in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. We find it says, and he called the 12 together. So Jesus calls the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Jesus had already given him his authority. In fact, they'd already gone out and ministered in his name, and it's like they come back and they regress. The first lesson is Jesus is saying, look, disciples, you got an F on that one. You've already been given the power to do it. Now I've got to teach you and bring you back to school. And so then the question for us is, well, why could the disciples not do it? Why could they not perform and cast out the demon for this young boy? And Matthew and Mark, a couple of other gospels that record this story, they help give an answer. And the first one we'll go to is in Matthew chapter 17, and here's what we find. It says, when they had come to the crowd, a man came up to him, and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures, and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire, and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. And then the disciples came to Jesus and privately said, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, because of your little faith. So there's the first answer. Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. We were singing about that mountain moving faith this morning. Do we have that? So faith is the first thing, a lack of faith. And then we find in Mark, we get some more details uh, Mark chapter 9 says, And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, Oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And immediately the father of the child, he cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. So maybe that's where we need to start today. Jesus, help our unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he's dead. But Jesus took him up by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out again? There's that question. And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Some versions would say prayer and fasting. So I love how you combine Matthew and Mark to say they were faithless, they were lacking in faith. So then Mark gives us the answer, well, how do we become faith-filled? Prayer and fasting. So the boy was more demon-possessed than the disciples were God-possessed. And how are we God-possessed? How does God own us? Through prayer, through spiritual disciplines, through time, the reading in his word. So we've got to grow in our faith. As we journey with Jesus, Part of the first lesson is we've got to be full of him. And to be full of him, we've got to spend time in prayer and Bible reading. Time in community matters too. We've got to be full of God. So my first point for you this morning would be this. How are you doing in, in prayer? How are you doing in Bible reading? And not that you've got to necessarily find more margin in your life to do it. I mean, if you drive a car, turn off the radio, take that time to pray. Pray over your day in the morning as you're headed to your workplace, God, go before me today with every conversation, every interaction, every meeting that I have, may your name be glorified. Take time to pray. You know, as you're going to bed at night, instead of scrolling through your Facebook feed or jumping on YouTube or whatever else you might be doing, wouldn't it be worthwhile to maybe read a chapter of the Bible? Read a psalm before you go to bed. For us to journey with Jesus well, we've got to be full of God. And as the disciples continue to journey with Jesus, the second lesson they learn is, as we journey with Jesus, we need to understand we don't know everything. As we journey with Jesus, it's important to know we don't know everything. Husbands, this is not a good time to nudge your wife and say, I told you so. You might just be uh, encouraged to fast your lunch today. They're like, okay, well, go be full of God. Go fast today. You know, forget you. (laughs) Don't do it. But we need to understand we're not gonna know everything, and that's okay, I, the disciples, look at this passage. Man, this has got to encourage you to feel like these guys, they're amazing. You know, they've been given power and authority to cast out demons. They don't do it. You know, they go up on the mountain. Peter says, let's just live up here. I like the glory a lot better than I like the valley. You know, like these guys are amazing. They're, they, they see Jesus cast out this demon. They're marveled by it. And then Jesus immediately comes back around and says, hey, hey, by the way, I want to remind you of what we were talking about before I went up on the mountain. And here's what he tells the disciples. I know you're marveling at what I did, but let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man's about to be delivered into the hands of men. The disciples are struggling with this. And it tells us in verse 45, but they did not understand the saying. And it was concealed from them so that they might not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about the saying. What an interesting storyline. You know, if you're bored reading the Bible you know, have some imagination what's happening here. You know, you, you got to put yourself in the story. Jesus is over here. He's healed this boy. He's cast out the demon. And, and then he says, you know, I know you're marveling at, at what I'm saying. You know, the disciples are over on this side having conversations. And, and so then Jesus says, look, I, I know you're marveling. And what do the disciples immediately go to? They, they start talking about other things. They, they're like, <clears throat> do, you, do you understand Peter what he's saying? John, do you you understand? Nobody understands what, and nobody even wants to ask. John's like, he just called me faithless and twisted. I'm not asking him questions, you know. (laughs) I don't know if I care to know what else he's got to say about me. (laughs) So they just, they stop asking questions. They don't realize that it's okay that we don't know everything. So the question is, well, why couldn't they perceive it? Why could they not understand what Jesus was saying? And, And the short answer is this. I want to run right to the answer. Two weeks ago, I shared a message on change your scorecard. And the disciples, if you think about their mindsets, they're looking for a Messiah who's going to set up an earthly kingdom, and they're his first followers. So they're saying, man, we're going to live in that glory too. I can't wait to be, you know, established with Jesus in his earthly kingdom. And so Jesus is saying, you got to change your scorecard. So there's the answer. They haven't changed their scorecard to understand we're living in light of eternity. The kingdom of God has different expectations, so because they haven't changed their scorecard, they're living for this life and not just the life hereafter, they don't understand what Jesus is talking about. And so that's, that's for us this morning too. You know, we've got to change our scorecard. If you remember the message two weeks ago, it was instead of saying I'm establishing my life and living just for this life, that I want power and I want to earn as much money as I can, I want the best retirement possible, I want a great home and car and vacations, instead of just living for that, what we say is I live for Jesus for me and Jesus for others. That's the scorecard. And when you start living Jesus for me and Jesus for others, a lot of things in here start to make a lot more sense. And that's what we need to, as we journey with Jesus, understand. Jesus wants to take us on that journey. He wants to teach us things, but we first need to change our scorecards. When we change our scorecard, things will start to make sense. But even as things start to make sense, just understand and be confident in knowing you're okay to understand. You're not going to know everything. What's required of you? Stay on the journey. Keep your faith and trust in Jesus. That's what's required. Stay on the journey. Keep your faith and trust in him. He's going to keep teaching you. We're going to be in school all the way until we enter from this life into the next. But be comfortable with that. God is so good. As he continues to reveal more of who he is, it's such goodness in our souls, and I want you to experience that. So as we journey with Jesus, understand we're not going to know everything, and that's okay. Be comfortable with that. The third lesson Jesus teaches is, as we journey with him, it's important for us to understand all people matter. As we journey with Jesus, one of the kingdom values is every life matters. Every person matters. So the disciples, you know, they're, they're listening to Jesus. He says this, these statements of, you know, the Son of Man going to be turned over to others in Jerusalem. And, and now they're asking questions. Do you understand what he's saying? Do you want No, we don't understand. And immediately, like if you look at the text, like they just shift their conversation. Like, okay, I'm not going to understand. So James is like, yeah, but <clears throat> I don't know the answer to that, but I do know I'm the most important person. I just went up on a mountain with Jesus. There's, like, how do you make that transition? That's amazing. And Peter pipes up to like, no, I went on the mountain too. And all the disciples are like, shut up, Peter. Go catch a fish. We don't want to hear it. You know, and John, no, I'm the greatest. I'm the one that Jesus loves. You know, you ever thought about that reading through the gospel of John? Like, that's a bold statement. All the disciples are like, shut up, John. You're the only one that says that. It's just, so they start this arguing over here. So Jesus is talking about things. He's trying to take him to school, and they're just arguing about who the greatest is, and so Jesus is over here, and now think about, who did he just heal? A young boy, right? And what does it say in our text that he brought a child to his side? It could have been that young boy. He takes and says, "You who disciples. This, this child right here is the greatest. That'll shut them up real fast. Did Jesus hear what we were talking about? He knows our hearts, and he's trying to take us on a journey. He's so good. He's so faithful. And and then the disciples immediately are like, hey, John, since you're loved so much by Jesus, why don't you say something? And so John speaks up. Master, the disciples are like, yeah, that's a good way to start. Good, good. Good start to the conversation. Master, I saw someone casting out demons in your name. He doesn't go to church with us, so we stopped him. He can be proud of us. And we already know the answer. Jesus is like, well, why did did you do that? If, If nobody's, if they're not against you, they're for you. The disciples... Great, John, you know, like, why did we ask you to speak for us? Man, as you journey with Jesus, understand, we know what the end game is for the disciples. Did they not change the world? So be comfortable with understanding. If you have felt like, man, I don't know how God can use me, read Luke chapter 9 and say, he takes individuals and just asks them, stay on the journey. As you stay on the journey with me, I'm going to teach you lessons. All that's required of you is your faith and your trust. And as you abide in me, I will abide in you and you're going to have extraordinary results with your life. I think we sometimes just look at the short time span we've got and we can't see the ripple effect of our lives. I was reflecting on this passage and, and thinking about the value of people. Every person matters. And I was in Walmart getting groceries this week. And I was just reflecting on this. Every person matters. And, and just thinking about walking in and the greeters always sitting there and, and just thinking, man, that person, that, that gentleman, he's meant to house the fullness of God. And you start to look at that mom wrestling with that toddler in Walmart. God bless young moms in the grocery store. That mom is meant to house the fullness of God. And she's raising a toddler who's meant to house his fullness too. Start looking at people through that lens. As you leave and go to your neighborhood today, look at your neighbors and say, man, they're meant to house the fullness of God. How am I helping them achieve that? Every person matters. They're all meant to house the fullness of God. And you are too. Your life can make an extraordinary difference, and I want you to live in that. I'm gonna invite you to stand as we close in song this morning. And the takeaway this morning is stay on the journey with Jesus. And you stay on the journey, as you do that, you're gonna find it's vital for us to be full of God. So abide in him, abide in him. Part of what we need to be comfortable with is understanding we're not gonna know everything, and that's okay. And we also need to understand every person matters. Every person you interact with, your work colleagues, your neighbors, those in the grocery store at the gas station, They're meant to house the fullness of God. Start to see them that way. The difference of one life changed is incredible in the kingdom of God. Before we sing this morning, I just want to ask maybe you're here today and you haven't realized you're meant to house the fullness of God. And and you haven't lived that out because you've never asked God to be at the center of your life. You've never said, I want to follow you, Jesus. Jesus gives us this invitation, he says, Follow me. And you've, you've never accepted that invitation today. So if that's you this morning, and you'd say, I, I want to house the fullness of God. With every head bowed in this room this morning, I just want to pray with you before we leave from this space. You'd say, I, I haven't been housing the fullness of God, but I realize today I'm supposed to and I want to do that. Simply raise your hand and I want to pray with you before we leave from this space today. Anybody would say, that's me. I desire to house the fullness of God. I've not been living for him. Anybody in this room today? Over here on the left, anybody else that would say, that's me. I want to house the fullness of God. Don't leave this place unchanged. You've experienced a bit of God here today in this space and you're meant to have that every day. Anybody else that say, that's me. I want to follow Jesus today. God, I just ask that you would lead us well in your name. I pray that you would encourage us to stay on the journey with you, Jesus. May we keep our faith and hope and trust in you, trusting that you will lead us well into all things. Lord, I I am so encouraged by knowing that poor students plus a great teacher can lead to extraordinary long-term results. So God, we just pray for the extraordinary today, for everyone here in this room, that their lives would leave an incredible legacy. Help us to live in your name. Lord, for the individual today that said, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. Fill them with your fullness today, God. Help them live in your name. May they journey with you for a lifetime, Jesus. And we just pray, Lord, that you would help us leave from this place to bring your glory elsewhere. May we see people through a different lens today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite Pastor Mark here to the front. Pastor Mark, our youth pastor, opened the service today with a welcome. And if you raise your hand, I know we had at least one raise your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you'd say, I need to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. We're just going to invite you to come with our prayer team. They'll pray with you, give you a Bible and information on how you follow Jesus for a lifetime. But as we close in song today, enter in. May those walls come down in your life that have been you know, keeping you from the fullness of God. May those mountains be moved today as we sing about the goodness of God in closing today.